Hello, beautiful people and fellow whiners, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something to Whine About with your host, Siobhan Camille. And Ta'e Michelle. Where we whine while we whine, W-I-N-E, about life, love, relationships, culture, and more, because sometimes you just need to whine a little. Um, if you're listening to this, come join us over on YouTube and subscribe. Be sure that you do that. Help Hit us the button. Help us reach 100 subscribers. It is third Wednesday, which means it is whining with the guys time. Y'all know we like to bring in the guys so we can hear what men think about various issues. Um, and today we're going to be talking about how to have tough conversations, whether it be with a friend, romantic partner, whatever it is. Um, we're going to talk about tough conversations with the guys. We have brought B. Cox back with us. We have a new fellow on the couch with us, Mr. Carl. He did our photos for year two. Shout out to him. Um, as a reminder, we are now in year two as of 5-5, five, five, which was our anniversary, May 5th. Cinco de Mayo and other words. Thank you all for whining with us. We've we'll been whining with us from the jump. I, we appreciate you. And so grab a glass of your favorite red, white, rosé, sparkling water, whatever makes you feel fancy and join us on the couch. Hey y'all, we hope you've been having a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, thank you. Uh, if you're new to year two, hello, we welcome you. And um, we're gonna jump right into this, sis. Okay, so we know it's Chardonnay Mac, meaning every wine that we'll be drinking is a Chardonnay for the month of May. This is now our what third, second, second, second uh, Chardonnay um, week. So, sis, are you popping grapes? Are you popping the Chardonnay grapes? I am popping the Chardonnay grapes. This is the okay. second wine I got when we went to the DC Wine Fest. This is by okay. Flo, uh, FLO, which stands for For the Love Of. It is by Marcus Johnson. It is a Black-owned wine. Power to people. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is a popping grapes. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, and what are, what are you popping on over there? Play it for me because my brain went blank just that fast. Okay, I don't know what it tastes like, y'all, but it's a mirror, so that's where it is. Girl, my brain went blank. I went, oh, yep. So I will be drinking the mirror, so uh, it's mirror, so wineries Chardonnay. It's their 2016 Chardonnay. I have not had this, so I will be popping this here grape, and you all know that Chardonnay is my mommy juice. So I'm excited to try a new Chardonnay. I'm actually excited for the end of this month. So I can taste all of the Chardonnays. Okay. So I'm going to pour this here thing. Wow. We let our guests introduce themselves. So please, fellas, let us know who you are. Let us all know. <laughs> I prefer my brother. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Carl go first since he's a newcomer. <laughs> But I, <laughs> so I, I am Carl Gray the third, um, native Washingtonian, born in DC, raised in Kentland. I don't know what y'all really want to know about me. I am a um, management consultant and have my own management consultant firm and cybersecurity firm. Serial entrepreneur, I help people launch their businesses, and I talk a lot, as you will find between now and the end of this conversation. And man, I don't need you to nod, Michelle. Hey, look, I, I know you talk a lot, buddy. We've been going to school together since before I'm going to even let right. y'all know. One thing for sure, two things for certain. My homie knows how to talk, okay? <laughs> and he is Mr. Because. 
Yeah, of course, you know, Beacock's here, uh, host and creator, producer of First of All Classic Music Reviews podcast, a podcast reviewing 90s and early 2000s hip hop. Um, we do album reviews, albums turning 20, 25, and 30 years old. This year, we're doing albums from 1992, 1997, and 2002. Also, the producer and co-host of the Raw Sex podcast with Dominique Marks. Um, that is a show about love, relationship, sex, intimacy, a little bit of stuff here and there. We've been getting into some real men issue as well, brother to brother type stuff, um, which is a good direction that we've taken this last couple of years. A lot of shows been going really well. Um, other than that though, also CEO of Ivy, Ivy creative, um, I do multimedia production. Also soon you will be getting a podcasting DIY course from my, by, from yours truly, hopefully launching later on this year. So anybody out there watching this, if you're looking at this and you want to do this yourself, but you have no idea how to be able to get started, I'm the man to come to. So be tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. And like, yes, ladies and gentlemen, he definitely, if you watch the wine out uh, for last, uh, for April, you know, we talked about him, uh, you heard his name a lot, because he definitely was our, hey, question, go-to guy. <laughs> so <laughs> he knows what he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen, so definitely stay tuned and want to look out for that. Shoot, I might even be looking out for that myself okay um we only one y'all we only one we still toddlers out in this piece (laughs) (laughs) so jumping right into it tough conversations what bought this about is all of us are in some type of relationship we all have some type of friendships we all have had friendships end (laughs) we have all experienced uh relationships ending so with that we have all grown to know that sometimes we have to have those tough conversations so from the male's perspective we would like to hear how first i want to hear this what has been your hard your toughest conversation that you've had to have with either a friend or a loved one Mm. Wow. Don't rush to the mic. Don't rush to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All at once, right? <laughs> it, it's just making me think a little bit because I'm, yeah, mm. I'm not going to say the toughest. Oh, <laughs> that's the one I'm not going to have. Okay. Uh, well, a tough. Well, for you, 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 you know, you, you, you let us know whatever it is that you feel you are, you will wow. want to share. That's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of my way of handling co- tough conversations is I don't keep a record of them. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Okay, you might not keep a record, but we all have at least one tough conversation. Oh, and that's the one I can't that really hit home a little bit. And that's the one I can't share. It's like, dang, I can't forget that one. Um, <laughs> Ecox, anything coming to mind on your side? I mean, it's a tough conversation to have. Well, it's so I guess, and that's, I don't know, man, that's, that's difficult because I, as a person, I tend to try to avoid having the difficult conversation. I don't know if it's, um, and I'm tapping to the Zodiac stuff real quick. I don't know if that's the Capricorn in me. I'd rather, instead of having the conversation, I'd rather just shut down. Um, That's usually what I do. Um, but I'm trying to get out of that and trying to encounter those tough conversations you need to have with people. Because as I found out, when you shut down or run away, problems don't really go away, especially the problems that those tough conversations where they need to take place, 
they don't go away. But if I had to probably put the probably put the nail right on the head as far as like a tough conversation, I think a really tough conversation I think I really had to have, I think, was with my parents when I really, I guess, came like clean with them and sort of told them like, hey, listen, you know, I appreciate everything that y'all did for me. We never want for nothing growing up. You know, as far as parents were concerned, y'all were always there. But there's a lot of things that happened growing up that, you know, I'm still trying to like process, you know, even as an adult. And, you know, I realized that a lot of those things that happen in regards to things that you all did or said are probably led to a lot of things that are problems that I had internally trying to deal with that, you know, it's not exactly easy for me to come out and tell you because, and it's, it is a tough conversation for this particular reason. Our parents' generation, depending on, you know, how old your parents are, my parents are boomers. So my parents grew up in a certain generation where their parents were a certain way. And, you know, what really happened back then is like, you never really spoke on stuff that your mom and dad did. It's just like, hey, they're the adults, you're the child. And even when you're grown, they're still always going to be right. So my parents kind of raised us on that same mentality, but kind of going through things. And what I think we really struck home with me is the fact that other relationships I was having with other people and understanding and knowing that, hey, there's a lot of things that my mom and dad did that I didn't necessarily agree with as an adult, looking back on it now, as a child, I was like, you know, Probably, I probably could have handled that a little bit better. You know, it probably could have been, you know, but, you know, it's, I just had to let them know. Cause I'm like, listen, you want to know why I'm, I'm like this. This is why I'm like this. And unfortunately, some of the actions that you all have taken have been a result of the reason why I'm like this. And I had to recognize that first before I can come and tell you that. And they didn't take it well. Well, I mean, one of my parents didn't take it well, but you know, I mean, it's, it's something that I, I felt like I had to, come out and say, especially after going to therapy myself, you know, and, and I kind of went into it knowing that, okay, this is probably not going to resolve much in regards to them recognizing like, Hey, you know, I could have maybe done this or, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not, especially wasn't expecting any type of apology or anything like that, but it was something that I had to come out and say, and that was tough, you know, because, the last thing a parent wants to hear, which I'm guessing for those of y'all who are parents, is to understand that, hey, you were less than perfect parents. And hey, everything that you did wasn't necessarily the best thing for your child at that particular time. But, you know, hindsight is always 2020. You do what's the best thing you think is, that, is at that time. But, you know, as when, when I was pretty much in my situation, um, having to be able to deal with it in order for me to be able to make peace, I said, listen, I have to let you all know this is the way that I'm feeling. And if you wonder why I am the way I am about certain things, this is the reason why. And that was it. So that's probably the toughest one. Like I said, I normally try to avoid tough conversations, but that was a tough one because I had to sort of let them know. I mean, getting close to about close to like 40 years old, I'd be like, listen, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but I'm not saying that I'm ungrateful or anything, but there you go. You had to have a, a what my mama call it, a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a parent, you, 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 one, we know we're not perfect. We definitely know that. Um, I don't think there's any parent in their right mind that thinks that they are a perfect parent. 
again, keywords, right mind. Mm -hmm. um, because again, there's no book, there's no guide, there's no how to mm -hmm. to this. And it's a learning experience. Being a parent is a learning experience, just like being a child is a learning experience. Um, the generation thing definitely does play a part in that. Um, but some sometimes having those hard having that is a a a, a dimension or of having a tough conversation, you know, because you love your parents, like you said, you, you mm -hmm. don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, but to to make things better, not just for you, but possibly in your relationship, having that open line of communication, whether it hurts or not, is something that. Um, it's even tough for parents, you know? Um, yeah. I think we've all probably had a moment or two like that with our parents as adults where we we go, hey, uh, well, this is how I took that. Mm -hmm. um, some parents may reject it, reject it. Some parents may go, well, I'm sorry, that's not, I didn't know you took it that way. Had I known that, I could have done X, Y, and Z differently. But again, as a child, you don't necessarily know how to tell your parent all the time how you're feeling. Exactly. Um, which is why I am very big on emotional vocabulary. Uh, that's something that we go through um, in this house um, just to kind of end that generational gap or that miscommunication through generations, should we say. So, Carl, come on now. Give us something. I know you got something. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. And I got to... It's going to, I don't know who watched these joints, so I'm a little afraid to say this, but I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna have to be real uh discreet on this one. Right. You, you don't even have to use real names. No, it wasn't about real names, but the situation was like, oh, oh okay, Carl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had to have a conversation with someone. This is a while ago, long ago. That what we were was all we were ever gonna be. Mm-hmm. Mm. But and I'm gonna tell you I appreciate. I'm sorry, I'm really not trying to cut you off. But the fact that you just started with that, I appreciate that because too many men do not. Mm. And I have a whole that's a whole while for another time. But I've been having a whole lot of back and forth with various people on Instagram. I even showed them to the boyfriend, and it's a lot of dudes that refuse to take that accountability to say mm. that even to whomever they may be may be dealing with. So I, 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 even if it, I know it was tough, but I appreciate you for stating it outright. So, so yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll say this. I think most of us always initially say it, or we initially at least allude to it. It's just that when rubber meets the road, oftentimes we do avoid saying it because we're like, hey, look, we warned you. <laughs> Yellow light was already there. You were in that joint. <laughs> and, then, and then you you step on the train tracks. Uh, so like that's pretty much what, what happens. It's like, hey, and and, and for me, I'm the I, I don't reputation is very important. And not that I have a you know the most stellar. I mean, I ain't like you know, nobody can say anything bad about me, but at least they can say, you know, I I let them know what, what the deal was. Um, and so saying, hey, look, you know. I mean, like, like it's early, early 30s type situations. So it's like, hey, look, this is where we are. And I understand that you want more than this, but that's not what we're going to be. Right. I, I feel like that's a, a, a tough conversation. Um, one, because, you know, when feelings are involved, it all, it's always uh, harder. It's always tougher because no one, most people don't intend 
to hurt someone's feelings. Like that's not the intention, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now we do have some purity in and out evil people do that type stuff. But in most cases, I hope in this jacked up world that we live in, most people aren't walking around just trying to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, but hey, I could be wrong. But from my experience, <laughs> I don't think that's most people's intent. So have that particular conversations I have heard and been on both sides of. Um, I feel like when you have that conversation. Are you laughing? Who are you laughing? Are you laughing at who? Me? Can't be me. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't see anybody do that. Right, that I, was, I, was, I was wondering what was happening. I was, like, <laughs> I was, I was trying to figure out what was hitting the back of my arm. Oh, okay. It's the tag. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm okay. sitting there, I'm like, what is in her? What's what you like? That Marisol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marisol, whatever that joint is. I'm about to hit on something. Right. I'm like, like that was Marisol. Oh. Oh, yeah. Edible mirror sauce. <laughs> it's good. Um, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, that I've been on both sides of that. Um, we we have to as people <laughs> listen, and I think that we we listen to what we want to hear. Mm, and when you're having those tough conversations. When it's something that you don't want to hear, you don't listen. You block it out. Or you pick pieces of it and put it together to formulate your own thought to fit your narrative. And again, I have been guilty of it. Um, not, to, not that this is about me, but a tough conversation that was had was something similar to what Carl, that what Carl made a statement. And did I know this? Absolutely. But the me who I am was, <laughs> oh, you, oh, I'm going to change your mind. Mm. <laughs> did that happen? It did. But you know when it happened? Mm. When I said, forget it. When I said, you know what? I'm not trying to change your mind no more. Okay. And I went away. Then everything that I wanted was like, hey, I'm here. And I was like, wait a minute. Hello. When I was giving, it was nothing given. So, and a lot of times that happens. But we have to, um, but I think all of that was because I chose to pick out what I wanted to hear and apply it to what I wanted to do. Or completely ignore everything that person said out of their mouth because I was going to prove them wrong. Mm. I think when we have those tough conversations, a lot of times egos get in the way. Both men and women. Yes, ladies, we have them too. And I'm going to be honest. I was I know men have big egos, but women's egos are probably twice as big. If you hate me, I don't care. I'm saying it. Mm. it's but, true. It's true. I know it is. It's I, I know it true. Is. Right. I absolutely know it. Um, Third angle. <laughs> you may never hear another woman say it, but I will. Um, so when having those tough conversations come about, you got to check it. You know, you have to check it. Um, but also, you have to, when having those tough conversations, 
I feel like as we preach on this show all the time, communication, tone, and deliverance are key. Mm-hmm. Say what you mean and what you need to say. If it's something that you don't know how to say, say that I don't know how to say this. So I am going to say it this way. I think if we make our intentions clear when having these tough conversations, it leaves less less space for assumption. Um, it, it it leaves less less space for assumption, but then I feel like that's where your your perception and the, that listening skill comes in. Yeah. Um, it could be, problem. could be a problem. Y'all can handle it. Y'all can slide right through there for the assumption. Like, oh, the way it did is. Let me get that space. Yeah, that for daylight. That joint happens all the time. It's like, yeah, yeah, it, does. yeah it, it does. And I, I, now that happens on both sides because I've also been on the other side of that situation as well. Um, so I know none of us have children. Well, not none of us. <laughs> I know I have children. Right. <laughs> and Siobhan is raising children and you all probably have nieces or nephews or cousins or someone who looks up to you mm-hmm. what is the hardest conversation you've had to have with someone of the next generation of under you Ireland. so essentially so I have you know interns that work for uh, my cyber security company and you know, work with them since a couple of couple of years ago. And one of them, um, all of them smart, sharp, and all of that. But you know, anybody who works for me will tell you, uh, I take work very seriously. I'm a I'm a jokester. I have a lot of fun when I have fun, but when I'm on task, I'm on task. And so uh, one of them, you know, they they kind of went AWOL for a while, and um, they talked about it was their mental health right? You know, they were going through some things and they were in depressed mode. And when they get in depressed mode, they just cut everybody off and all that, just that and the other. And I was like, you know, but you know, you had a job to do, you know, and, you know, you, you left for like four to six weeks and nobody heard mm-hmm. from you. Mm-hmm. you know, and I'm the type of like, well, and I replaced them while they were gone. I'm like, okay, I replaced you. Ain't no big deal. Yeah. But when they came back, they thought everything was going to be honky-dory because it was a mental health issue. And I'm like, I hope y'all don't, I, y'all need to understand the generation that I come from where, you know, I'm, I'm from the suck it up generation or at least be accountable, <laughs> nothing else. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I had that conversation. I said, you know, you know, this is what you were supposed to do and this is what was not done. Um, so, you know, at this point, I can't trust you. Now, I've known you since you were two months old and, you know, you're like a, you know, like a nephew to me and, you know, I, I'll do anything for him except for let him work for me. Um, at this stage and so you know we actually even so we had the conversation last week and even this morning we went even further into it because I said look let's really have a talk about this and you know I said what would you do in my situation and he really said in all honesty he would keep me on in the same position because he trusts that I would do differently in the future I was like oh nah that's not how this gonna work <laughs> fantasy said, land huh? <laughs> that's fantasy land yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I said, no, that's not how, I said, that's, I said, that's not how business works at all. I said, you don't learn this the hard way, you know, um, and so I, 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 I kind of let her know, I said, you know, until, I said, we'll reevaluate this at the end of the summer, and you can, you know, show me something that shows that you're going to be different, 
than this, but I, I can't have it where, you know, you're, because, you know, this stuff gets drilled into them through social media, through their school, all the type of stuff where they call these kids and make them little, this is, this is minivan friendly. They little punks. Uh, <laughs> they be real. They be they, they, they be some punks, and they cry about everything. And they, you know, like boy, I mean, you 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 a young man, and you know, I mean, if you gotta come talk to me, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna sit here and just let you think that because you claim this little buzzword is going around right now, that you can just go ahead and uh, you know live the life that you want and ignore. Me, I don't get like no, because if if you're working on a project, you now say you disappear again. Guess who's short on money? Me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Carl works for Carl. So <laughs> so, but if so, if I assign something to you, that means I'm depending on it coming in. And you know, we had a long talk, and I, actually it wasn't that long. Actually, it was like seven minutes because I don't really have them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the whole conversation back and forth for seven minutes because he explained himself and all the stuff he was going through, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, we'll talk in August. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the comments. I mean, I have nine godchildren, you know, two nieces, a bunch of people that call me Uncle Carl. So I have these hard conversations with them all the time because their parents send them to me because they know Carl will not mince words. Mm. I think that's important too. Um, what about you, B Well, I have a lot of, I mean, I have nieces and nephews, but I got a lot of younger guys that I work with, you know, through programs that I've been in for my fraternity where a lot of them are like in their early twenties, you know, some of them may be still even in their teens. And I think every time that I sit down and talk to a group of them, a new group of them, I always kind of say like, sort of like the same thing what Carl said, the world doesn't slow down for you. You know, the world moves at its own speed and either you're going to decide you're going to move at the speed of the world, or you're going to move at your own speed and figure out how to do what you're going to do. And that's kind of tough because, you know, a lot of them have sort of come up. Like Carl said, this generation is coddled and people sort of will count out to them and, and will sort of cater to their every need and make sure, are you okay? Are you okay? And everything. I'm just like, listen, look, I've been out here and I'm just letting you know that that's all fine and dandy when you're in school and you got people sort of checking things and you got advisors and, you know, but listen, once you get out here in the real world, it's it's you, You're it's one of one, a team of one, and that is it. No one is responsible for you, but you. So, and the world isn't going to slow down for you. Now, things may happen, nothing, nobody's saying that things aren't going to happen and something's going to put you on the shelf or, you know, uh, you got to step, take a step back to do something or whatever else, but just know that as you are doing that, the world is going to continue to keep moving. And when you finally decide to come back, it's not okay, an adjustment period, let's do this. Okay, yeah, we'll give you a little bit of time to get your bearings about you, but it's only going to be but so much time. That's it. You know, sort of just like when you get knocked out in the ring and you get that standing eight count and the ref going to ask you, are you okay? Look, if you don't get your dukes back up, then you about to get knocked out again. I mean, it's that simple. So the the world does not slow down for you. And I think the biggest thing that I always try to pull in there is, is personal antidotes of things that have happened to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that, like, I'm not telling you this because it's something that I read in a book. I'm telling you this because this is what happened to me. And this is what has happened to many of my peers that decided they were going to not move at the same speed of the world and ended up getting left behind. 
So, I mean, and I tell a lot of them, like, listen, you got this time now, take it and use it and be useful towards it. Be productive now. Start being productive now. And that's a hard conversation for a lot of them to hear because they want to YOLO, live life, life be lit. Every, like, listen, let me tell you something. I always tell them, like, if I had Jaffa, what I wouldn't give right now to have your age with my knowledge right now. Oh, if I go back to Sesame Street. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah. like what I wouldn't give to have your age with my knowledge right now. I don't even have to Listen. be okay. Give me 10 years. Mm. That's it. Just give, me give me 10 years. months, all right? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but really like, so. give me 10 years with the knowledge that I know now. What? Oh, baby. It, it. Right. I mean, so it's 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 tough because you know, you do hear some of this from some of them have, you know, eye to the sky type mentality. And it's tough when you got to sort of bring that down back to earth. Like, yeah, you want to rule the world, but first you got to learn how to run your street first. Right. Learn how to learn, 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 yeah, yeah. learn how to do that first. Learn how to manage the, the space it is that you're living in before you can worry about taking on the floor. Then after you take over the floor, then you can take over the building. After you take over the building, then you can start worrying about taking over the block. It's progression. You're not going to rise immediately. You know, yeah. nobody out here rises. The only people who rise immediately out here are people with means and opportunity. But even, it. Then, even then, it's not like, it's just the fact that somebody else did the work for them. Exactly. It's a 10-year overnight success. So like, I mean, if I leave my kids, you know, $2 million and they start off with $2 million, that ain't, it, was, it was still earned. Yes. You know, <laughs> it was still earned. It wasn't earned by them. Right. You know, I mean, that's a, the, the good thing about generational wealth is that they don't have to do the exact same work, but you still better because you it's, it's a lot easier to lose it than to, 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 to make it. Uh, or even maintain. Right. Um, absolutely. So absolutely. as gentlemen, when having these conversations, you know, you hear, especially in the world of social media today and influencers, you hear so many um, controversial things about um relationships and how you're supposed to talk to a woman how you're not supposed to talk to a woman um what to expect from a woman what not to expect from a woman when a, a mentor intern I know an intern maybe not so much but a nephew um comes to you and say hey uh um like this and this and this happened, this is that, and you, or this happened, and you know that it's it's that time for them to have a tough conversation. How do you coach them in that situation where you say, okay, this is a tough conversation. Like, this is what you're saying to yourself. How do I coach this person to have this up, this tough conversation with someone else? Like, what are, what would be some techniques or like a couple little things you would, and be like, all right, nephew, let me shoot you this. This is what you should do. We talking about to the fairer sex? Mm -hmm. In the okay. ideal heterosexual relationship. No, 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 I'm just saying, this is not just any conversation, it's a conversation with woman. Hey, I'm gonna let B cop. No, this is a conversation with you, like your nephew, like a, a, no, man, no, a male child. Know. But they wanna have a conversation. But they wanna have a conversation, girl. like it's a situation between them and their girl. Got you. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When they when you hear the situation, you know that he's going to have to go to that girl 
I have a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. What are some key things or some, what is some advice you would tell him? Like, how would you tell him to approach that type of situation? You can give a scenario and then give steps and what you would say, or just be journal. It's up to you. I'll say and and it depends on where they are you know Mm -hmm. it's all it's all relative if you gotta have a conversation at 16 just leave her um that's a recommendation because it's really not worth it um there's not there's not enough invested in it for you to know live your life that's what I would say. Like you, if you gotta have a really, really, really tough conversation at this stage, roll out, champ. Just cue the buck. But no, see, but see, I think that's I feel like that's where the difference between that. Because mm-hmm. at sixteen, think about it. At sixteen, the feelings that you felt, they were real too. I'm not saying they're not real. What I'm saying is, the tough conversation that needs to be had, if there needs to be any tough conversation, is I don't have the heart to hurt you. It's the last thing I want to do. But I don't have the heart to love you. Not the way you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a 16-year-old to say that to another 16, ideally 16-year-old? No, I'm just saying, I'm saying at that stage, the tough conversation. I get what you're saying. You're saying what I'm saying tell to you. I'm telling you. Is that what you're going to tell your 16-year-old nephew to tell the girl? I'm not going to tell him what to tell him. I'm just going to say, at this point, if it's causing you this much stress, well, you got to come to me and you stressed out, move on. The other things that you need to be prioritizing. Plain and simple. That I guess really- my question is, what are you considering a tough conversation though at 16? Like, because, because at the end of the day, like, what's, what's your level of a tough conversation and what's this about? But I will say this, to, but to that though, that starts to slip because then my question becomes well, when are you going to start telling these boys to have these conversations exactly. because eventually you're going to have to so you might as well prep both both sides young men and young women need to learn to have tough conversations with each other and it can't it's not even just about a high school thing i mean this is like a middle school yo this happened or this happened whether they're friends or romantically involved or whatever you're going to have to have tough conversations and tough to me just means like this might hurt. This me. might hurt somebody, lead to an argument, whatever. But you can't run and avoid them. And I hate to say this, but I think that's why you end up with these dudes in their thirties. That then every woman they running out the door because oh, I gotta have a tough conversation. Oh, can't do that because you've never learned to have that tough conversation with a female. And if the excuse is always gonna be oh, I don't want to hurt because I've seen too many dudes say this. Oh, I didn't want to hurt her. I don't want to hurt her. I don't want to hurt her. You're going to. We're You're going to end up. She's going to end up hurt anyway. But that's not. But the point. The point is. So thirties and mm-hmm. teens are very different. You and in the teenage years, they are not equipped to be in a position to do anything with these tough conversations. What well, again? Is, what are the tough conversations? I have a hold up. Um, I have a sixteen-year-old. Okay. I have a sixteen-year-old. No, right. no. Let's stop. I have a sixteen-year-old. Gotta let me finish my statement. Okay, because go ahead. I'm talking about where we are at that age, not ready for marriage, it's not ready to prepare somebody, right? All of that stuff, because those are the things that you, those are, those are the situations where the tough conversations really matter because it's mm-hmm. about the relationship. Those are not the only situations. That's not the only one. 
That's not the only one. So let's have so so ladies, let's have an example because okay. so, because because the thing okay, is like this. So for example, I'll, I'll give an okay. example. My okay, son is please. 15 years old. When he was 15, he had a a, a girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> and she was 13. He was trying to get to know her, you know, a little bit more, just asking her little things. Like I heard their conversation. Was, well, what do you like to do? My son said, I like to wash dishes. Like <laughs> You know, so it, it was that, but the tough conversation. <laughs> Don't do that. I wish anyway. everybody 15 year old would say hey, that. I, I, let him watch this I got something. Right? Yeah. Don't, don't do that because when he said it, I looked, I was like, as many times you tell yourself, get up and go wash my dishes. You like to wash dishes? But regardless, I let them have their moment. It was what it was. But later on, um, it came, uh, a, a situation came about where my son is not a hold your hand um public display of affection person right so and she was a little like she wanted to hold his hand she wanted to hug on him she wanted and he was just like like his mother no son like i'm good (laughs) that type of thing i can't when if he comes to me or if he goes to his father or his grandfather I would, uh, hopefully, they would not be the chauvinistic pigs that they can be and say, oh, no, nah, don't worry about that. No, that's not how you do that. You have to teach him in that situation. Baby, I understand. When relationships come about, especially romantic ones, you this is where this is going to be a conversation you have to have with her. I don't feel comfortable doing this in public, but for you, maybe we can start with holding hands or mm-hmm. maybe we you have to teach that's where the sharing that you're being taught as a child the compromise that you've been taught as a child those things come into play and you have to have that conversation with him so that he can figure out and and um figure out how he wants to you have to give him the tools so that he can handle that situation appropriately. Now, is he going to mess it up? Probably. Probably. Probably, because of his age and his maturity. But at what point do we start giving them the tools? It's not our job to go, you're 16 years old, you shouldn't be worried about that. Well, that's the so, so, so here's the conversation I would have. You are worried about that because you are, quote unquote, in forming a relationship of some sort. And we can't say, oh, you can't think about that because it's people that's, Okay. that have been married are married currently for 30 something plus years to their 16 year old girlfriend so you can't say that you can't just knock that off so, to the back so, side so, like here's, so here's the conversation so, i would have had in that situation about this public display of affection thing i would not have told him to go and compromise i would not have done that what i would have told him was i would ask him why he doesn't like it you know what i'm saying go. what is it about that that he there doesn't you like go it? there you go you know, because I, I, and I really do feel that compromising that early in the game is, 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 is not the move, like right then and there, especially if, if it's something, because PDA is a serious thing because it's about somebody's body. It's about, you know, you know, what, what they're comfortable with. And, you know, like that, that's, if somebody is really like that about it, there's something serious there, not necessarily saying something's wrong, but it's a, that's a serious thing. So find out why it's there. And then find out, you know, it, and if it's if it's a real logical reason, then he needs to ask her, like, yo, can you be okay if this is not what I want to do? Mm, there you go. But our point 
was before that, and that was her example. But okay, our point that, overall, hold on, hold on, on hold on. I'll let y'all speak. Our point overall was when we asked y'all tough conversations, your first thing was, oh, he needs to just be out because you shouldn't even be having those conversations. Because that's, that's not a tough why, conversation to me. Hold on, but hold on. Can I finish, please? That's my yeah, point. I was in the middle of mine when you jumped in. But that's my point is, but this is what I'm saying. When you're going off of one example, where you're looking at that's not a conver- a tough conversation because you're almost all the, you're a dude in his 30s or 40s, whatever. So yeah, a, but a, to a 16-year-old, that is a tough conversation. So while you're like, yo, I mean, at 16, it's not about marriage. No, it's not about marriage. It shouldn't be about kids, I hope. It's not about all of that. But there are levels to a tough conversation. Me and my sister literally, this podcast, we've had tough conversations. Mm -hmm. We've had very difficult conversations that are triggering for either her or myself. It's not about, we're not getting married to each other. We're not having a baby with each other. There are levels to a tough conversation that come with age. And the point that we're making is a 16-year-old like, yo, this is a tough, or a 13-year-old. I have a 13-year-old in my house whose girlfriend was trying to holler at his cousin. That's a t- I mean, to me, that wasn't a tough conversation. Like, that's a bye, you're gone. But yeah. with, with feelings on the line and you supposed to be in a relationship, the tough part of a tough conversation is, as Michelle said, you know there are feelings and emotions on the line and somebody can really get hurt emotionally. The subject matter is difficult. Whether you looking at it like, I mean, PDA, that's, that's chump change. But by the same token, you knock your knee on a table, damn, that sucks. A three-year-old knocks her knee on the table. She on the top. It's a big deal. You can't lessen the 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 emotion or whatever for the person that's in it because you're not 16 anymore. But you were 16 at one point. You've had tough conversations with your friends or other relationships, even at 20 in your 30s, at whatever. That's not, you know, even do, I don't really want to ask her to prom and I know she's going to expect that. That might not be tough to me. I'm, I'm in my thirties, but I know that having been to school and been 16 and in high school, that to a dude who's like, I really don't want to hurt this girl, but it's not that for me. Or even as you said with the, yo, this is what it is. This is all it's going to be. That was a tough conversation that you had in your twenties. That's a tough conversation that people do have in their teens in high school. Look, we are just friends. I don't look at you like that. And as much as people talk about women friend zoning men, men friend zone women all the time. Let's be very clear on that. <laughs> so that's still a tough conversation. The point that we're making is the level of tough is going to increase as you get older, and rightfully so. But consider like when you were in middle school kissing somebody else that wasn't your boyfriend or whatever was this big situation. If, and I'm not saying it's not big, but if you're, even if your husband kissed somebody else, <laughs> it's the act that, that act itself is not as bad as what it can lead to. <laughs> because at that point, sex is the worst thing you can do. Sex is not even on the table, I would hope, at 12, 13, 14 years old. So that's not the worst case scenario. <laughs> that's what we're saying. <laughs> so but my, my, my whole point is, you know, before I got cut off, was that for me, a tough conversation is a conversation to try to save the relationship. And I don't think that at that age, that should be the priority. The priority should be finding out, let me finish, finding out who you are 
and how and what you want to be in a relationship. Now, mind you, some of these folks that did get married at 16 and lasted 30, 40 years, a lot of times they wish they didn't. <laughs> if they went back, they were like, yeah, I, I married this and they still that, you know, Not I wasn't that. 16, but like they married this high school sweetheart. So they met I mean, their spouse. I know what you mean. I mean, but it's the same person. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But the but my, my whole point is, is that at that age, especially in those when people don't even fully know themselves, to try to to try to save something when you're still learning yourself, she's still learning herself. And I'm only talking about romantic relationships. I'm not talking about friendships. I'm not talking about job situations. I'm not talking about parent child. None of that. But romantic situations where, in essence, it's supposed to lead to two becoming one. Like to 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 have a huge focus on that at that age. The tough conversation is, hey, look at this for really what it is. You know, I mean, yes, we can we can say that it's really different, but we really also have to say this is what the reality is. And I'll so, be honest, that's what saved me from a lot of heartbreak when I was young. You know, I had the conversation with my father, like, look, it's like, like, man, man, think about this. You know, you and this is what they said. You can't take care of her. You can't afford to, to, to buy her lunch, let alone do this. So so why are you trying to act like you're her man for life? Don't. Mm. I just really yeah, want to say like that, so, that narrative right there is what's wrong with the male gen- male species right now. Like at that age, no, no, so, no, 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 no. Because you're literally the telling the young man to ignore his romantic feelings about a person at a young age. They take that, that's what you taught them. They take that and they apply that to everything else for the rest of their life. Then they get this crazy tale narrative that what these other podcasts are out here talking about, women this, oh, you should treat a woman like that. That is where it starts. I'm sorry, oh, that, that, that's that, wrong. So, that's okay, not, wait. That's not true though, but that's not- I'm a parent, I'm a parent, baby, that's but not how I'm you told, that. But I talked about what was told to me, that's right? Not how you do I talked about what was told to me, Carl. This is what was told to me. I mean, that's fine, and but so I'm when Carl you, got to the as age, a parent who has three, three girls and three boys, I would never, Ever, ever give my kids that advice because that right there leads to, yes, do we know in the full grand scheme of things, you may not be with the same person that you're with at 13, 14. No, but that does not negate that what you're feeling, this situation that you're going through, this situation that's on your mind is happening and it's real and it needs to be appropriate. Yes, the there are more important things in your life that you should be focused on. Absolutely. And I will touch on that too, but I'm not going to negate the situation that you have come to me with because it is some of uh, some levels of importance to you. It's not negating it at all, but it's helping them to focus. Yes, it is. When, you, it's not when I got to the point, when I got to the point, when I had a degree, was making money and it was time, I was like, I guess what? About that. Yes, what we'll no, because it was because what it did was it helped me to focus on what was actually important. You know, all I'm gonna say, when I, I'm just, so when it was time, I was like, hey, guess what? Now I'm 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 ready to do this. I'm ready to try to save a relationship. I'm ready to try to do this. I'm ready because I had what was necessary. Because okay, they, well, Carl, you are special. You are the only guy. All special. I'm saying, hold on, ain't nobody else doing that. Okay, so go ahead, I, because, well, hold on, wait. Go ahead, Siobhan. Thank you. I'm going to just say this real quick, and then I am going to let Beacox go, and we're going to wrap this up because I know that Carl has other things. My only statement to Carl is this. That's not avoiding a tough conversation. It's switching what the conversation is going to be. 
because now instead of him having this conversation, because no, he can't take care of this girl. And we're not saying that at 13 that he will. But now the tough conversation is going to be breaking up with her. Unless you're going to encourage him to ghost her. Because at the end of the day, if you're like, listen, you shouldn't be stressing about this. Let it go. Cool. But letting it go is now another tough conversation. But that's what I said. He has But he has but it's not of my thing is, but that that's still a tough conversation. I, so and I said a, I said that's what the tough conversation would be. That's what I said. Rewind. Right. Rewind. And we asked you what would be your uh advice to someone that's that age to have other uh, have tough conversations with their peer. That's the question. You regardless say oh, of if, tell them to ignore it. No. Regardless of if that conversation is breaking up, regardless of if that conversation is taking someone else to prom regardless of if that conversation is a PDA, regardless of if that conversation is this girl talking about marriage and kids, because some people do think about that even in high school, whether they like, do you see a future with me? Regardless of what the topic of the conversation is, our question was, if someone were to come to you about a tough, having a tough conversation, whether it's breaking up, prom, PDA, whatever, what would your advice be? That's what the question was. Not, oh, well, they, they shouldn't be trying to any, because your statement was any tough conversation is about them saving a relationship. That's not necessarily the case. That was all, our, our question was about, regardless of the topic, you know that this young boy is going to have to have a conversation with some young girl that could hurt her. How would you advise him? And because I'm going to switch it to you. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Good conversation. Listen, very spirited. I understand. But let's let's not treat this as a binary thing, right? Because it 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 can't, excuse me, it can't be binary. The, both of the points, whatever points are being made, are both valid points. One, to your point, it is important when we are talking to our young people, when they are looking to have conversations with people, that we are teaching them how to communicate with people and have those tough conversations, whatever those conversations would may be. Now, you know, as again, these things are all relative when you're 16 years old. What's big at 16 is not going to be a big deal when you're 40. You know, um, what's a big, what's going to be a big deal when you're 40, really, you have no perspective of when you're 16. So it's really all relative. Should you be dismissive of it completely? No, especially well, now history teaches us that we shouldn't be dismissive of it now. Unfortunately, when we were coming up, our parents were dismissive of a lot of stuff back then. Because their mentality was, boy, girl, shut the hell up. You worried about these damn bills or your homework done yet, you know, and everything else when they probably should have been listening to us a little bit more. So I get it and understand us being able to have conversations with them and knowing that they know how to engage people. But this is a part of the problem as well. Communication is not a big part of our rearing of our kids and hasn't really been made a big issue until recently when we understand that our kids not only need to communicate, but they also need to be socialized properly as well. That's one thing this generation of kids hasn't learned and hasn't done. They haven't been socialized very well. And I blame a lot of that on the fact that technology has pretty much taken over their lives. So it changes the way that they interact with each other. That's really the biggest part. The tough conversation is having a conversation in the first place for a lot of them. Now, the other part of it as well, to Carl's point, a big part of this is also perspective. We talked about the example. The example was my girlfriend wants to do PDA. She wants to hold hands and kiss and hug up on me and everything else like that. I don't want that. I ain't a big fan of that. 
let's talk to our kids to understand why they feel that way in the first place. You know, we, we talk about being able to understand your kids. Why do they feel that way? And really dig in deep, dig deep into that because there may be some issue beneath that that leads to some other things behaviorally why they are acting out in a certain type of way. It could be stemming from the girlfriend's, you know, ability, wanting to, you know, have public displays of affection, but this may stem from another issue that you may not, that you really aren't privy to or know nothing about. So perspective is a big part of it. And then perspective as well is, all right, well, okay, stuff about with relationships and everything else, yeah, it's important. When they have, you know, you got your little boyfriend and girlfriend, which is, you know, I shouldn't use that term because that's what we use back in the day, your little girlfriend, your little boyfriend. Like when you got your little girlfriend and boyfriend and everything, the stuff like this, like, oh, I'm going to ask her out or she doesn't like, she likes to talk on the phone, I'd rather text and everything else like that. Oh, I want to ask her out to prom. Like that's cool and everything. But if we're going to talk about tough conversations, like the stuff we really need to start worrying about. We talked about, hey, at 16, sex isn't shouldn't be a thing, but it is for a lot of these there kids. You know, there are 16 year olds out there who are pregnant and having kids. That's a problem. There's time right at the age of age 16 where you're probably somebody's going to offer you drugs or alcohol for the first time. And you're being more likely to freaking experiment at that particular age than any other age. Those are tough conversations to have. And a matter of fact, those should be preemptive conversations you have with your kids to tell them how you deal with those things at that particular time. Perspective. Relationship stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's devastating at 16 years old. But let's, when we talk about like some serious conversations with those 16 years old, oh, talk about the serious ones. And not only that, teach them how to be able to deal with it. Teach mm -hmm. them how to be able to deal with it. This is how you encounter this situation if you are presented with this by a group of your peers, whether it's women or, or girls or, or boys. Because unfortunately, the type of world they're dealing with now, they are exposed to 10 times the amount of stuff that we did when we were growing up. Yeah. And if you thought that we was talking about different types of stuff and the things the kids talk about when they 16, oh, nah. They talk about things at 16 now that we was talking about when we was 25 or 26. Yeah. Yeah, I got so, a 10-year-old that'll laugh at a, a whole grown person's joke. Yeah. That's why I, I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. We, we, we got to have conversations now. You, yeah. you got to teach them early. You got to yeah. teach them early. And, and, you do. And, and when they, when you see that they are uncomfortable, you, 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 you tell them that I see this makes you uncomfortable yes. and it's completely understandable. Exactly. You know, um, it's a little vulnerable. You feel a little weird. Like you have those tough conversations and that's a tough conversation for a parent. Like you said, our parents, well, mine's did. Not all parents had that type of conversations with their children. You know, um, but even you could, it could even be reversed where the parent is comfortable to have that conversation and the child just isn't there yet because the child doesn't know, like, is this okay? Even though this is my parent, I'm still, I got my own reservations about this. So, um, and that's just from their, per you know, them being a different person than their parent. You know, you sure. got kids whose parents are buck wow, crazy. And the kid is so reserved and it could be because their parent is but wild and crazy, or it could be they just they just reserved. Like, yes. yeah, I, I mean, I know I do all that, but I'm chilling, you know. So I, those talks, like we said, all of that, like you said, is perspective, and we yeah. gotta keep in check. And I think that's what angers me so much, because or it, it gets me. I'll get very passionate about it. Is because I have both male and female children raging from the sure. age of, children raging from the age of seven to six, excuse me, 17. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, getting all of those conversations 
is a must. Watching their behavior, watching, observe, observing them, you know, when they don't think you are, um, conversations and things like that, that they're having amongst even siblings, mm -hmm. you know, how do I tell my brother or sister that when they say this, this hurts my feelings? Right. How do I tell my, my, you know, my cousin, who's my best friend, that I feel X, Y, and Z when this, this, and this happens? That's a tough conversation. Mm -hmm. We teach them at three and four years old. Hey, you hit so-and-so. Did you, do you, or they could do something and not know it. Come back, come back. Did you know that you hurt such and such and such and such? Oh, no. That's a tough conversation because now they feel, oh, wait, I did something wrong. Wait, don't feel guarded. Hold on. Because you have to talk him through that feeling as well as address the hurt. So sure. tough conversations have to be had and are something that should be had or methods should be put in place to have those at a very young age. And I sure. feel like when they're babies into toddlers, because those are easier for the parents to have conversations to have, it's easier for the parent. You know, it's easy, it's light, but as they get older, mm -hmm. now they're exposed to much more. And I feel like what Carl was saying is the defense mechanisms that most adults have. Oh, that shouldn't be on your mind anyway, but it is. Yeah. So let's talk about it. So, so I think acknowledging is a big part because that's one thing I think our generation didn't get enough from our parents' time was the acknowledging of how you're feeling or what it is that you're going through. Um, that's why I said this can't be binary. I think acknowledging that and also having the conversation about it, teaching them how to deal with it and not run away with it is one thing. But then, like I said, another thing is also being able to keep perspective and understanding what's a big deal and what's not a big deal. And I say that because a lot of the things that the young people are dealing with nowadays, especially in this age of social media, where you got, in particular, I'll use this as an example, a boy madly in love with this 16-year-old girl, his girlfriend, they 16, you know, they, whatever. She messes around and he sees a clip of her on Instagram. They had a party. She dancing with this dude and then she up all up on him, kissing on him, everything else like that. He madly in love with her. He might feel so badly about himself that he might go upstairs in his room and lock himself in there. He don't want to come out. And then God forbid that he feels so bad that he wants to hurt himself, you know? So then it's like, okay, son, I understand how you feel. I get it. You're hurt. I understand that. But what I need you to understand is that this is not the end of the world. Yes, I know you feel strongly about it. You may even love her. I get it. And I understand that. But this, this reaction that you're having, learn to deal with it other than shutting everybody else out and possibly hurting yourself. At the end of the day, the sun's going to come up in the morning. Tomorrow will be a new day. You know, is it a big deal? The way you're feeling? Yes. That her? No, that's not a big deal. You know, do you need it? Should you go tell her how you feel? Mm, okay, sure. If you, if you feel so inclined to do so, then do so. But my concern is you and how you're feeling. Okay. Your well-being. And at this age, if your 16-year-old girlfriend is with some other guy and she says that she loves you, but she does this, that ain't love, though. That ain't love. So take a moment, take a breath. The sun will come up tomorrow. You will see the other side of this. So is it a big deal? Yes, but it's not really a big deal. You right. know, you know, uh, I, I need you to learn how to deal with this so that when you're encountered with something like this later on in life, you can see the, you can deal with it much better than the way you're dealing with it right now. 
Right. And what's important to me is that when you deal with adversity like this in the future, you don't react in the same way that you're reacting to this, like, like, like this right now. Right. But right. you let them know, like, hey, listen, it's not the end of the world. It's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not. I, I completely agree. Um, a technique since that something that we were talking about very quickly as we wrap this up, um, a technique that I like to imply is to um, address, relate, and they, and uh, have a resolution. So I address their feelings, the issue. If I can relate, I, I, I tell them about my own personal experience. Um, I tell them about my own personal experience, how I felt, how I dealt with it so they can understand, hey, mommy mommy knows, like I'm a person too. I'm, I'm older, but I'm, I, I get it. Um, and then resolution. Okay, this is what we're feeling. How, what are some things we can do to kind of cope or work through this for a little bit, you know, and know this is how we're gonna move forward. Um, but those are just three things three techniques that I like to use. Um, so uh, ladies and Siobhan, do you have any last closing points? I mean, I guess not, you know, y'all, I really don't talk that much on these things. Um, so I, I don't really have much to add. I just, I come in for clarification and definitions on these things. That's my role. Okay. So now that our glasses are empty, on that note, we will say cheers to that. Okay. And Your now glasses, that I glasses glasses, completely empty though. I mean, <laughs> now that my glasses are empty, <laughs> let us know your uh, wine review of your flow Chardonnay. Um, it's good. It's your typical dry Chardonnay. I don't. I don't know. Chardonnay doesn't really move me. I just really like the smell of it because it's that oaky, nutty taste smell that I like about Chardonnay. The taste on it. Um. I mean, it was. It had more of a crisp ending than most Chardonnays, and I'm not sure what I'm not sure what that note is. And there's no notes on the back about this, except you know what for the love of represents the brand itself, not the Chardonnay. So I don't really know what that is. I'm not a sommelier. I'm not gonna sit up here and pretend that I know apricot and honeysuckle and flavor notes of cherry and raspberry <laughs> and all of that. I don't know that. I'm not gonna pretend with y'all. Um, I will say it does have something at the end of it that to me was like, oh, okay. Um, my throat is a little, a little dry. It's a little dry. A little, little acid. Oh, a little acid. Acid. Say word. Acid. Right. <laughs> something like that. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't bad. I would probably give this like, I really right now wish we did like, 0.25 because this would be a point a 3.25 um but i guess uh three or three point five right i don't really know because it's a little better than the but average so i guess i'll say a, I guess i'll say a three five okay um we'll, we'll take your three five um i uh enjoyed this chardonnay it was very clean it is a medium body chardonnay just based off the taste um, you do taste the oak. You do taste the barrel. Um, it's not as dry as I would like. It does have a slight sweetness to it. So because of that, I'm going to give it a three. Um, I don't have much to say about it. Uh, it's an average, to me, it's an average Chardonnay. The Chardonnay I had last week was a lot better. Um, and that's, that's what I got. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, we would like to thank you for joining us on this 
wonderful provocative uh, debatable <laughs> episode of a little something to whine about. We would like to thank our guest, Mr. B. Cox and Carl, our wonderful photographer and friend for joining us again on another episode of a little something to whine about. I am your host, Taya Michelle, and I'm Siobhan Camille. I'm here too. You yeah. get passionate and did I just I like fall into the background. Like this has happened on a bunch of wine with the guy. So I just I'm sorry. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to word it right. It didn't come out right. My bad. But we are your hostesses and we will see you each and every Wednesday. So be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget, as always, there's nothing wrong with a little wine. <laughs> Thank you for whining with us on this episode of A Little Something to Whine About. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to join us live the last Saturday of every month on YouTube or Instagram. And we'll see you next Wednesday for more fun, more laughs, and of course, more wine.